Hour number two of the Hoffman Show here on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Linnell Willingham is here with us. Of course, I'm Craig Hoffman. If you're new to the show, what's up? What's happening? I got a tweet earlier today, uh, Linnell. Mm-hmm. Someone who... Uh, shocker. Someone long tweeting time, Long time uh, 106.7 The Fan listener was like, I just realized Craig had his own show. And I'm like, gotta find you. Hey gotta, man, we just gotta we gotta get keep getting the word out. You to know? your credit, he's probably been living under a rock because you've done a great job pumping and promoting the show. You come up on my YouTube suggestions at night. Well, it just which depends is on what you use, right? Like, yes, you know, if you sure. if you're not on social media, then mm-hmm. like it's hard to know unless you're just like, ah, oh, let's see what's going on in 980 these days. Oh, this guy who I used <laughs> to listen to on whatever other stations, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, my bad. Welcome. Oh, you're good. No, the, the camera still looks. This I was camera about still to say. looks. <laughs> Linnell can't see himself on camera. It's horrible, here. bro. I know. I'm sorry. There, there's not no, really fine. a good way for this to. The way we have it set up, there's not a good way for you to see yourself. I'm in 1080p though, so that's all that matters. I'm in HD. To yeah. People. Although I do think the way we fix the lights that now uh, you got a little. We we somehow we went from not having shadows to having them. I don't know. Everywhere. It's fine. That's fine. It's fine. Um, just it's your mic shadow, so it's it that's, is what it is. There you go. Okay. Now you still hear me? Yeah, you're very you're you project very well. well. Uh, that's always been a strong suit. Yeah. Believe it or not. Um <laughs> yeah. They're not hearing you, not a problem. Yeah. All right. So um we're gonna do a little wizards actually coming up in about ten minutes. But um to start, yeah. so I, I feel like in talking to you a little bit off air, you have had I don't want to call it a full like Mia culpa, but you have reconsidered the the Dan Quinn hire. To be clear, you weren't down on it. You liked it a lot. Yes. But with the benefit of hindsight, I wonder if Dan Quinn would have actually been your favorite coach to come here yeah. seeing that this how this staff has come together. I think that's the big coup for landing a guy like Dan Quinn who we threw the retread label on him and people were concerned about, you know, his shortcomings in Atlanta and how would he do uh, in his second act as a head coach? Like Craig just alluded to, Mike McDonald was probably my number one guy throughout the entire process. Knowing what I know now about Dan Quinn's staff, if we got to do a little, like, what's it called, catch 22 and go back and have a revisionist history. I, I don't think, think that's what a catch 22 that's is. That's not a catch 22? No, we just we use a time machine. Go back. Use a time machine. Anyways. A catch 22 is like when you're caught between two things where you don't really have a good option. Well, some people felt like that as far as this coaching uh, search went. That is true. But... I think for Mike McDonald, the struggles, I don't want to call it struggles, but his staff is not completed yet. And he was hired before Dan Quinn was. That is true. So there are some hurdles and challenges that he's having to face. And we know this, Craig, you being on Washington's beat for several years, know how important it is, right? That relationship between coaches and players. And I know the head coach gets a lot of the attention for the success. But I think your team is only as good as your assistants are because those are the guys that are probably spending more one-on-one individual time with the players. With that being said, I think Dan Quinn and the staff that he's put together probably blows Mike McDonald's staff out of the water and Ben Johnson, for that matter, who we don't know uh, how he would have filled out his staff. So, like, in hindsight, I feel better about the Quinn hiring now that I know the staff, even though there's one member of the staff that I'm a little bit concerned with. Who's that? Ryan Kerrigan. I don't, and I love HK. I love trying to keep former players in the the role, in the fold, and in the rotation, and all that. But as a pass rushing specialist, he had one move. He was a one trick pony as a pass rusher. And I don't mean to say that facetiously or like talk down on Ryan. He was a darn darn good player. Yeah. I just don't. 
see the benefit of him being a pass rush specialist. So I think there's a lot more to pass rushing than moves, right? And I think that a lot of things that you talk about as a pass rusher aren't about like, let me teach you some new moves. It's not like you come in every day and you're like, ah, let's let's work on spin moves today, guys. It's about angles. It's about leverage. It's about Mm -hmm. things that he understood in a way that allowed him to have double-digit sack seasons. Um Double digit sack seasons, despite only having one, you know, great move. But he was a guy that could, you know, didn't necessarily need moves. He could understand right. speed to power and, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. So I, I do think that a lot of the move stuff is kind of what guys work on in the offseason or you have naturally, sure. um, as opposed to the the leverages and kind of the how do we run our games and things up front. And And one thing that I actually love this for Ryan as much as I do for the team is like, that's Dan Quinn's background. Right. You know, Ryan and DQ right. getting to pick each other's brains is going to be great for both of them. But I think it's in terms of teaching it, like obviously Ryan's going to be able to learn a lot from Dan and, and that's going to make him a better coach. And you know, this is the place that he for wants sure. to live. His family's here. Um, I mean, I, Ryan, I know, spends a lot of time out in California um, and did as a player as well. But like, I, I think that like this is the place he sees his home. And if he can work with this organization and for once, once someone that is homegrown can actually pan out for Washington, like that'd be sick. <laughs> You know, yeah. could you imagine Novel Liddell? concept, huh? You know, know. we've had, we've produced some good media members over the years. Yes. Your Santana Mosses, your London Fletchers, your Logan Paulsons, for instance. But, you know, it, to, to have someone actually help the football operation would be, uh, would be sweet. So, yeah, I'm not. And he's also like, he's so far down on the list. All due respect right. to Ryan, but like, can he have an impact? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But I, I think it's hard for him to do super damage. Um, although, you know, that is the one spot that's still open. Um, not although, like worth mentioning, the one spot that's still open is who Ryan Kerrigan is is going to most directly report to in the oh, D line coach. No, if, if that was filled. Did you not Daryl uh, Tap? Daryl. Oh, they got Daryl Tap. Daryl Tap. Yeah. When did that happen? That happened during the Chris Russell show. We we broke that during our show. Yeah. Anthony, how do we miss that? Yeah. Daryl Tap is yeah. I'm sorry. How do we miss Daryl? Tapp? Sorry, you're welcome. I don't know how to put it, but yeah, Daryl Tap is the new D line coach here in Washington. Uh, I we had our meeting with CK. That's how we missed it. Oh. Okay. Ah, you were in. You, you know what reason. it is. It's the boss's fault. Ah, ah those but darn no. bosses. I, I wanted to ask you too, because me and that's Russell, a great hire, by yeah, the way. That dude's been around for tremendous. Forever. And if you talk to people in San Fran's organization, they viewed him in a similar light as they viewed D'Amico Ryan's, and we know what D'Amico was able to. Which, go by on the way, do. is crazy that they then yeah. let him. go. If they thought of him as D'Amico, like and like they fired Wilkes today. Woo. DQ's got Wilkes. some pull, man. That's that's part of it. And Adam Peters also has some pull. So that's true. That's huge. I love the amount of former players that we have on the roster, and that's what I'm most excited about, specifically on defense and the ability to to get the most out of certain guys like Cam Curl if you decide to bring him back, and Emmanuel Forbes and Jamin Davis. I'm excited for the young nucleus that Washington has on defense because no matter how good you thought they were in, let's say, 2022. I think they can exceed that this this coming year because the staff is a lot better. I think they can too, and I think the thing that's exciting is we're going to find out really quickly who's yeah. good and who's not, and that's the thing. Right that I away, think yep. Last year was so frustrating. Is and people? I, I was talking texting about this with. I think it was Logan, but it might, it might have been someone else on the B the other day. But um, we were talking about how like everyone is so down on this roster. Um, like, you know, Kurt Benkert, uh, who's kind of starting to blow up in the digital space. who's an mm-hmm. NFL quarterback for five years and he's doing a bunch of fun stuff on YouTube. And Kurt was like, Hey, I would trade down out of that second pick if I was Washington and try to get a haul because that roster needs so much help. And I think 
that is kind of the national perspective. And look, we said during the offseason last year, like, hey, this roster isn't as bad as the national people think. And turns out that we were wrong. And so were <laughs> they. It was actually worse. Right. Um, but at least that's how it played. But I kind of actually think it was so poorly coached that there may actually be more talent yeah. than people realize. And it's got to get coached up well. And if it is, then, oh, my God, there could be a revelation this year defensively, which I'm not saying is going to turn them into a playoff team in year one, depending mm. on what happens at quarterback, but like could make them far more formidable. But I think what we definitely know is, based off the quality of this coaching staff, if if they do play poorly again, it's going to be because these players are not very good. It's yep. not going to be because the coaching is bad. Like, AKA, we going to find out. <laughs> Exactly. And one guy I would circle going into the offseason who kind of came on a little bit with more opportunities at the end, KJ Henry. I think his body type and him being moved around, I think he's got inside-outside like pass rush ability. So I'm, I'm curious to see how DQ and company line him up. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe next week we – well, actually, I'm, I'm out next week. So, uh, But two weeks from now or uh, whenever we next do this, we should definitely start talking about – how some of the quarterback dots line up because I know yeah. you've been watching those guys yes. a lot. Uh, if you want some more thoughts from Linnell on the quarterbacks, make sure you follow him on Twitter. And of course, you can check him out whenever he is on, whether it's with Chris Russell uh, on Wednesdays from one to three, uh, or sorry, from one to four. That's when my show starts because that's when that show <laughs> ends. Uh, one to four, uh, or on overtime or the weekends over on 1067 The Fan. But next, um, I want to get into some of the, the wizard stuff. We talked to Josh Robbins on the show yesterday about some of his reporting. Um, there is some interesting stuff to, to chop up here on kind of the direction this team is going in the final 30 games of the yeah. season. Linnell and I will hit that next here on the Team 980.